There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. Repeat the topic with me today. Come on, say, what are you trying to accomplish? How many of you have those notes? Raise your hand if you do. Good. That's what it's Man, what are you trying to accomplish? I, 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 I believe that if you are clear about what you're trying to accomplish, it changes everything. When you're clear about what your goals are in life, everything in your life will shift because you know what you're, what you're aiming at. If you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, you'll wonder and you'll get lost. When you're preaching a sermon, this is the truth, if you have no clue what you're trying to say before you get up here, you will talk longer. Because you don't, you've seen guys do this, say, he must not know what he's talking about. He didn't think about this. And I understand that. I, I, when I'm in a place and I hear a guy do that, or a lady do it, I go, okay, I understand. I, I root him on, preach it! I said, because I know they need help. I mean, do something. Because you have not thought this through. And so you get, you get lost and you kind of wander around. In our study today, we are, we're in the third part of a series and it is, it is, and I thank you for your patience and, and how I, I use technology sometimes and the tag team thing we did last week. I, did Bev do a good job? Come on, was she amazing last week? She was amazing. Thank you for allowing me to be uh, digital sometime and I, I, I'm just using all my tools. But it, and I, want, I want to say that part of the, the joy of the series is there, there are four things I'm trying to accomplish because I'm talking about work and, and what I'm trying to do is deal with our real issues, because my goal is to get us to cut a new path in our life. We're working toward something that is important in our lives. And one of them is nailing down the real issue. And one of the real issues is work, learning how to work. We talked about in this, let me go back to the beginning of the year. We said, okay, our goal this year is to answer one question. How do you cut a new path in your life? Right? How, how do I, I want to cut a new path, I want a new me. How do I do it? Well, number one, you build a better you. Right? Then the next thing you do is build a better what? Vision. Come on, were you here? Come on, will you build a what? Back up again. Build a better you. Build a better vision. Build a better foundation. Come on, people. What are they? Build a better what? You. Build a better vision. Build a better And then make better what? Decisions. Decisions. Choices. I, I live with choices. But decisions. So you got to build a better you. Build a better vision. Build a better and make better decisions. Make better decisions. If you don't make better decisions, who cares what foundation you build? Who cares what you see? Who cares what your vision is for yourself? If you don't make better choices, decisions, you've got to make them. And then you've got to get to the point that you deal with your real issues. Once you lay the foundation, okay, you've got to say, these are my real issues. And I talked about them. They're hard to talk about publicly, but sexual issues. To sexual issues. Until you deal with your romantic side of your life, if you don't, you'll always be falling in and out of love, in bed with this person, out of bed with that person, running around, lost, can't control yourself, always lust and lurch. Ooh, boy. You've been doing that all your life, and you won't have any balance. You won't be trustworthy. God can't trust you with much because you're dangerous, out of control. Then you got to deal with your real issue regarding relationships. Get along with people. You, gotta, you, have to, you have to learn how to relate to people. 
are you the kind of person that can relate to people? And then you got to deal with your work issues. That's where we are this month, work issues. Do you know how to work? And there are three things we're, we're talking about so far. Ready? First of all, you got to be clear. Can you say be clear? be clear? Okay. What is your job? That's what you got to be clear about. Ready? Be clear about your job when it comes to work. If you don't learn how to work, none of this is going to work, if I can say that. Not, nothing's going to happen. Okay, so you're clear about your, you gotta, I'm going to make a better me. I'm going to be clear about my vision. I've got a better foundation. I know what choices to make. But you won't do anything. You, you, won't, you, won't, you, won't, you won't execute. And, and, if you, and, and one of the sad things is God has nothing to work with. He may want to bless you. He may want to prosper your life. But you won't do what it takes to get there. So it's all pipe dream. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, whatever you find your hands to do, do with all you might, for there is no work or or device or knowledge when you die. So the bottom line is I want you to learn how to work. Then secondly, I challenge you, learn, learn, I'm sorry, be clear about your work. Number two, learn how to work. And that's what we talked about last week. There's a way to approach work. There's a right way and a wrong way. Nehemiah showed us that in chapter one. I love the fact this was a guy who was clear about two important things. Number one, he was clear about what he needed to get the job done and how to get the job done. He needed beams to build the walls. In Nehemiah chapter 1, the walls in Jerusalem had all fallen down, and he heard about it. He was all touched by it. He went to the king, and the king said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity to fix these walls. So Nehemiah goes to the king, and the king responds. This is an amazing story. I'll read it more in a minute. But this is an incredible story about how a guy is clear. I need to, number one, have the beams to fix the walls, but I also need to have the beams to fix my life. I need to have a house when I get there. So he's concerned about the wall, and he's concerned about his home. He's balanced. I love this guy. It inspires me. Some people are really concerned about others, but not enough about themselves. You can't help anybody if you're not together. Can I get an amen to that? You want to go out and do things. I was in, uh, preaching this week at a college, and uh, my alma mater, as a matter of fact, uh, first time in almost 100 years to have a female uh, who's going to be the president. So she invited me to do the pastoral speech thing. So I went and did that. It was nice. And, and one of the students who kind of helped me out a little bit, he said, to, told me his dream. And when he, while he was telling me his dream, I asked him, what's your dream for you? Because all he talked about was what other people were going, he was going to do for other people. And I said, what are you going to do for you? Because if you're not together, you can't help anybody. And he had never thought about that. Not really. He said, no, you know, he said, no, I have thought about that, but I felt guilty. That's what he told me. I felt guilty thinking about me first. I said, well, look, why not? He's managing in theology and business. I said, well, don't, don't be afraid of the business side of that. Don't run from it. You may, you, may, you may know a lot about the Bible, but if you have no money, you can't help anybody. Give me an amen, somebody. Amen. So there's something about that balance in life. And so Nehemiah is the guy who's clear about his calling. He knows how to work. And he knows what, what, not, what he should be working toward. That's what we're talking about today. He knew what he should be working toward. He knew what was the right thing to aim at. He knew what he was trying to accomplish. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4, there's a comment. Here, here it goes. Then the king said to me, what do you request? What do you want, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah said, I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said to the king, notice he prays first, if it please the king, Nehemiah 2 and 4, now in verse 5, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Notice he is clear about what he's trying to do. Now, this is important because I want you to hear me. This is the key that unlocks the door. 
I'm working towards that goal. Do me a favor, ready? Get your fingers ready. Come on, hands up. Say, I am working, I am working toward, toward that, goal. that goal. What is the goal? Think about that. I want you to think about it for a second. What is the goal? Okay, what am I trying to do? When I preach the sermon, what is the purpose of this? What am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to make you like me today? Am I trying to get you to go, wow, that was an amazing message, or am I trying to change your life? Am I trying to give you Bible information, show you how much I know about the Bible, how many years I've been to school? Is that the goal? Is that my goal? If that's my goal, that's a very insecure goal, and it's a very narrow purpose. And it, it, won't, it won't matter much. But if I'm trying to get you beyond, as Andy Stanley says so eloquently in his book on communication, I'm trying to do more than communicate information to you. I'm not trying to just get the Bible information to you. I'm trying to get you to change. I'm trying to get you to change your life. I want you to think about how you live. And so this is not about information. This is not about preacher, preacher adoration. Oh, he's good. No, that's not about, it's about you. This is whole thing, Gat, the gathering, the building, the lights, the camp, everything, the online, everything is for you. It's not for me. And when I, I'm clear that that's the goal, and that's what I'm trying to accomplish, then I work differently. I don't take things so personally. It's about you. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. The mending, perfecting, kartartizo in the Greek, is for the brokenness of the saints. The word was used to describe broken bones. It's the mending of the saints. That's what I'm here for. If I forget, that's, that, that's what I'm trying to accomplish. That, that, that's it. It's when you lose sight of that, you're in trouble. Nehemiah is clear. I want to build a wall. God, that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to build the wall. What he's going to learn, and I'll talk about this later, is you can't build it with everybody. Everybody's not going to help you build, so you got to be clear about that. So what are you trying to accomplish? That's what I want you to think about, and I want you to leave here thinking about that. What am I trying to accomplish? Now, Nehemiah, watch his approach to work. And it's really important because this, this, this guy, when he gets to the land now, he's got tools to build not only, not only the walls, the king gives him enough to build the walls, but he gives him enough to build his own home. He's a guy who's resource conscious. We talked about that last week. He was conscious about resources. He understood that I got to have the resources to do the work. So now, once he gets there, though, in chapter 2, he does two amazing things to me that really impress me. Number one, he listens and learns. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. He listens and learns. Say it again. Come on. He listens and learns. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and, and was, was there three days. Then I rose in the night, and I and a few men went with me. I told no one. Read this out loud with me. Come on. I did what? I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody at all. And he goes out and he spies out the land. And the Bible says that at Jerusalem, nor was there any animal with me except one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well, well and the refuse gate. And I, view, I viewed, look, he viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. I went by myself. Now, here's what's important. He's doing his own investigation. He heard that the walls were torn down. He heard everything was a mess, but he's not listening to rumors. 
He's not going to go start a building project based on what somebody told him. He wants to know for himself. I love this guy. He listened. Learning now. Learning. Seeking knowledge. Let me apply this to your workplace for a second. I, I hear kids coming all the time. I want to be a lawyer. I said, do you know any? No. Okay. How do you know you want to be a lawyer? I want to be, okay, have you ever been around that? Do, do you know? It's amazing how you think you want to do something, and then you discover after research that's not what you really want to be. I love the fact that he's taking it upon himself to investigate. What are you investigating? What personal effort have you made to investigate what you say you want to be? Don't go spend a bunch of money in the college degree and a whole bunch of money on stuff that you don't know anything about. Because when you get there, you may not like it. And then you owe all this money for something you hate. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. There's something about being a student. There's something about investigating. And so I love the fact that he does that. And then secondly, I love the fact that Nehemiah now, once he investigates, he comes up with a plan. He's not just going to investigate. Look at verse uh, 15 chapter 2 of Nehemiah. So I went in, uh, in the night day, uh, by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate. So, and so returned, verse 16, and the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. Then I came to, the, to them. You see the distress, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are in. How Jerusalem lies waste. Now he's talking from firsthand experience. And watch what he says. Its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of the hand of my God, which had been upon me, and also of the king's words that had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this work. Would you read with me, please? Come on. Then they did what? Set their hands to the, this good work. I love the fact that he's now planning, he's executing he knows what he wants. Are you like that in your life? Are you the kind of person who's really, 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 really executing what you now know? The temptation is to know and not execute. Now, the walls of Jerusalem are a picture of something. I want you to apply to your life. It's a picture of your life. Imagine having a home with no walls. People can walk in, take your stuff. There's no privacy. The, the whole nation was at risk because the very, the very foundation around them was, was destroyed. Nehemiah was going to build security and protection for them by building these walls. But please notice, he was determined. Determined to see the true condition. Look at your life and ask yourself, are the walls of my life broken down around me? around our marriage, around our finances? Am I always insecure? Am I always not feeling safe? When Nehemiah built those walls, what he did was he brought security. Now we're safe. The enemy can't just walk in here. He was going to give them an identity, a sense of protection. That's what you need in your life. You need the walls of your life rebuilt. And that's something... You can, you're the only one that can decide to do that. 
You, you're the only person that can say, I don't want this to happen. Churches gather groups of people together, and those people make a decision. We want the walls around us to be strong and tall. We want to be safe. We want to be financially strong. We want to be emotionally strong. We don't want to be out of control. We want to be balanced. We're going to build walls around us. How is your building, how is your wall building process going? Do you feel like these people felt exposed, always at risk, always on the edge of broke, always on the edge of frustration, always on the edge of somebody breaking in? No sense of privacy? Is that how you live your life? Nehemiah says, guys, listen, we see our condition. Now let's take action. What action are you going to take? Okay, so you come to church, right? Good. This is not building a wall. This is gathering materials. Let's be clear. That's why I don't try to keep you in here all the time. I don't know how churches do that. They, 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 they always keep you in the building. Well, I'm trying to build my house, but I'm never there. Because I'm in revival meetings, prayer meetings. Always listen to the pastor. I don't have time to build my own family. Can I get an amen, somebody? Amen. Why, why are we spending all our time in the barracks? We can't even go fight. You, there comes a moment in your life when you understand, when you read the story, it means nothing to you if you're not going to apply it to your life. If the walls around you don't change, if nothing around you becomes more secure, I, I like when I go in my house and I lock my door. The whammo, you can't come in here unless I let you. And I got people looking at it. I got cameras. If you get closer, to let me know you're getting close. Watch yourself. I like that. I like that feeling of security. I like knowing that I'm safe. I believe in protection. I really do. I'm strong believing that. And I think every now and then you need to look at your life and say, this, I don't feel safe. And I don't like this feeling. And I need to do something about it. I like the fact that he's taking action. But here's something you will learn once you decide to do this. Everybody can't go with you. Some people, boy, they'll never do anything unless everybody goes with them. Well, please note with me, if you would please, this is number three. Nehemiah ignores the immature. Verse 19 always surprises me because I don't understand why these guys have a problem with Nehemiah wanting to improve his life. But anytime you try to improve your life, somebody has something to say about it. If you're not careful, you get around those people who just don't get it. Look at chapter 2, verse 19. When Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they laughed. Why, guys? They laughed at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you're doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I... I Pause? What? what? All I want to do is improve my life. The walls around my life, we're not talking about your life, around my life aren't right. I'm tired of being high and drunk or whatever it is you're facing all the time or some addiction in your life. You get tired of that. You're giving all your man to the drug house, to the drug guy. What for? He looked broken, you look broke too. What in the world? Well, everybody, everybody broke. Going to some broke up house to get some drug. What in the world am I doing this? Stop all this. I'm smoking myself into, into coffee. Can't hardly breathe. Why am I doing this? I need, to, I need to change my life. Whose life am I talking about? That's right. I'm glad you didn't say your life. It's my life. Whose life is this? You got to mean that. This is my life I'm talking about. I'm talking about me. He said, listen, I, I, and these guys have an attitude. So here's what he said, verse 20. So I answered them and said to them, I like this. He said something back, so you need to learn how to talk. 
He answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Read this with me, please. Come on. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have what? No no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. In short, none of your business. All right. In short, you're not even, this is not even about you. Why am I allowing somebody else to come into my mind, into my heart, and intimidate my faith? And here's what I believe. Sometimes it's just because they're immature. I don't have to be mad with you. I just have to understand who you are. (laughs) I have to understand that there are times the way you see things, it's the way you see things. And I have to learn how to manage it. You do that with kids all the time. My little grandbaby told me the other day. She told me, she said, Papa, you broke my heart. <laughs> she did. She did. I ain't finished. It's itty bitty pieces. And it's only one little piece left. <laughs> yes, I did. I broke her heart into itty bitty bitty pieces and ain't but one little piece left. What did I say, John? Is the question. You know, God gave you a word right there, you know. So we had a little negotiation about the situation. And uh, then we kind of agreed that maybe if uh, she responded this way, maybe I wouldn't respond to that way. And so we worked it all out. It's all good, you know. But at the end of the day, I had to laugh. Itty bitty pieces, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, and my wife was standing there. And Christina was like, ooh, that's a deep one. What you going to say to that one? Man. <laughs> The Reverend's on the spot right now. <laughs> and it, it didn't just say it and illustrate it. Little bitty pieces. And it's only a little piece left. I said, wow. I did a bad job, didn't I? <laughs> Man. But you know, I, I had to laugh, but I thought to myself, I got to step over that. Because she four. <laughs> I got to understand that. I got to negotiate. Uh, and some of you, you know, you, you, you don't, you, 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 you deal with people. And you don't understand, that's just how they see it. So I, I kind of got on a, let me help you with that, baby. Let me, let me. Sometimes you can't, but some people you can't negotiate with. These are guys you can't reason with. These are people you, no matter what I say it, no matter how I say it, no matter what I say, that's not going to change. Can you, how do you deal with those around you that will never change their mind? They will believe that I have an ATM in this church as long as they will say that I ask for your W-2 form until they die. They swear by it in the barbershop. They say, I'm telling you now, you got to give up your W-2 form to join that church. I wouldn't say I wouldn't even join that church. That's a, what the world? But that's just the way it is. And you have, people are going to say things, people are going to assume things, and you, know, you can't. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what they say. You know, it, you just have to put it in perspective. It has stopped the growth of ministry. It has made Christians afraid to talk about money. It's made people afraid to deal with the real issues because they're afraid somebody is going to rise up and say something about them and it will distract them. Some of you right now, you are distracted by foolishness. Let me help you out. You've been distracted by stuff that means nothing. These people do not pay you. These people are not going to help you. These people are not going to change your life and you are overwhelmed with what they said. Who cares what you say? I love you, but who cares? I cannot spend my life working around these three people all your life. Who is the person? Who is the person? 
I got a sermon I ain't preaching yet. It's called Dealing with My Thorn. Jesus, have mercy. Dealing with my thorn. I got some. You got a thorn in your flesh, somebody. But you know what? The Paul said, God gave me a thorn in my flesh to keep me humble. Hallelujah. It keeps you humble. Let you know that God is in charge. Come on, church. Say amen. Oh, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my. <laughs> I don't know who it is in your life. But here's what you learn. You can't work with everybody. That is the big lesson. You can't work with everybody. These guys, you could, they, they, they lied. This whole thing is not true. So he put, he put God in the right place, right, in his mind. And he put these people in the right place. You got to learn to put people in the right place. When I deal with certain people and they say things to me, I have to remember what place they're in. You have given somebody a position in your life and in your heart and mind they should not have. How could you date a guy in a few minutes and all of a sudden now he knows all about your life and is telling you about yourself like this? How do you get that much information about me in five minutes or one month or two weeks? How is it all of a sudden now people you just met have now, I mean, th- these guys don't even know him. They have never, according to the record, had a face-to-face meeting with Nehemiah. But they have all these opinions and come to all these conclusions. They never asked him. He wasn't trying to take over the kingdom. He never, the king sent him. Why, why would, why, but see, sometimes you can't even explain to people. Amen. I'm telling you, one of the interesting things about having any notoriety at all is the things people assume about you and have never talked to you. Amen. Astonishing. It's astonishing. I just laugh because I realize if I don't laugh, if, I don't, if, I, if I'm not careful, I'll get lost. And I want to conclude with this because Peter kind of gives us in the New Testament a, a way to respond to this. There are four things Peter said that we should always work toward. I, I cannot work toward with these negative things or these negative things. I, that's not my goal. I'm not trying to accomplish. I'm not trying. My, my goal is not to be your friend. Lovingly said. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to win you over to my team. I'm not trying to get you to join my church. I'm not trying. That's not, my, that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. What, you mean you don't care? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Um, <laughs> because, because it's not what I'm trying to do. Are, are we there? Come on. It's not what I'm trying to do. I, I mean, I may. I, I, yeah, I love. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Whatever good thing I'm told to say right there, you say it for me. But I, I just, I can't. Change what I'm trying to accomplish. People who are successful are fiercely focused on what they're trying to accomplish. People who go to school who make good grades are fiercely focused on what they're trying to get. We're not going to miss this assignment. I mean, they're on it. Fierce. Determined. Absolutely not. So I have to get sometimes. We'll get this done, Temple. You will not allow yourself. Because I watch it to happen. I'll be doing just fine. Somebody come and say something to me. And like a dragon, drag my mind off somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now I'm depressed over what they said about me or to me. Dad, well, who are you? Just, just shake the dust off my feet. I cannot achieve God's purpose for my life. Now I'm not trying to put you down, but I can't lie. I don't have any brain space for you today. Yeah. There's no room in, the, in here. No, door closed. Can't, can't contemplate, think about, well, dwell on. It's not, there's no room. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes, sometimes God wants to bless you, but he can't. Because you consistently allow the same people, the same three people, same one person, two persons, call you and say something about you. 
You gained you gain two pounds. Oh, you gained four pounds. Listen here. It was only two and it's none of your business in Jesus' name. Amen. Why, why, why are you my, my body judger? Who asked you to take on that assignment every time you see me to tell me what size I am? That's the scale's job, not your job. I don't need you to do that for me. I say that in love, as love, loving as I can say it. But every now and then, you, you have to get firm. These guys, they, look, I love it. He said, no, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, who are you? <laughs> no, no, you're not my source. There's no heritage or right or memorial. No, you guys, you, have, you are out, you are trespassing. You are trespassing into my mind right now and into my emotions. I'm not, I'm not going to own that. Four things he said, Peter said. Second Peter 3, 7. You therefore, beloved, since you have... No, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. He's concerned about stability. You'll fall from your steadfastness. Being led away with the error of the wicked. He's concerned about you being led away, distracted. Then he goes on to say this, but grow. I want you to grow, folks, in grace and knowledge of our Lord. What I really want for you is growth. What I really want for you is God's best. I want God's grace in your life. I want you to experience everything that God has for you. That's what I want for you. He says, I want you to have knowledge, personal knowledge, just like Nehemiah had. See, Nehemiah walked around, saw the walls. He knew. He knew what he needed to do. He knew how he needed to do it. He had the materials for it. He had the focus. And time he got everything he needed. The people were ready to work. Who shows up for these three people? <laughs> you ready to go. And who shows up but fill in the blank? I don't know who that is. But for some of you, it's the same exact person. And they ring the doorbell. I tell you, don't answer the door. Just look at the, don't answer. Don't answer the phone. No, I'm not. No, you will not tell me what I'm not today. You will not tell me what I can't do today. You will not plant that in my mind. I will not accept that. I will not bow to that. And here, here's the deal. They may not mean any harm. I understand. I have a multi-million dollar dream right now. I don't tell everybody because I know it's going to bother people. So I don't tell them because they're worried about it. They're trying to get $50. Why would I tell you this? <laughs> Why am I going to put this in your mind? Because <laughs> you're going to be nervous. It costs several million dollars a year to run this place. I ain't, I ain't going to tell you that because it bothers you. It costs you. It makes you nervous. You be twitching. You know, be twitching. <laughs> twitching. <laughs> Shoot. Just in the show, be $70,000, I think $70,000 a head. We hit him a little bit, $70,000, something like that. I said, that's all good. Jesus' name, $70,000, ain't nothing like that. God is able. Come on, say amen, right? Amen. Why y'all got quiet on $70,000? You, you get quiet. No, it's all good. I'm, my bills are paid. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll send you a little letter. We'll be fine. I ain't worried about that. Because I, I, got, I got plans. I can't let no little bit of money bother me. See, some of you are worried about a little bit of nothing. Lift your hands up high with me. Say, I have faith. Beyond, beyond my challenge. Play me some music. Need some faith. Come on, say, I have faith. I have faith. Beyond, beyond my challenge. My challenge. I, will not be I will not be intimidated. I will not be afraid. I will not be scared. Father, I thank you for your grace today. We can't work with everybody. We'll talk about that next week, but we've learned to trust you. Stand up on your feet with me. Stand up on your feet. There was a time in my life when I was inexperienced. And I assumed that I would succeed without a fight. 
I would assume that victory was always going to be free. But victories required me to have great faith, required me to leave some people on the shore, it's required me to embrace embrace challenge the people from Uganda called me and said we want you to come when people from several other places pastors that are struggling I could easily say no but Jesus called me to go into all the world and preach the gospel how about an amen to that the church this church provides for so many in this community uniforms I think last year around 12 different schools and institutions. I'm proud of you. But we can't, we can't, we can't look at the walls around us and see them torn down and do nothing. We can't live safe. We can't store money and live safe and not try to make a difference. We can't be afraid of having the best. We've got to find ways through, through technology to reach people. We've got to find new ways. The world is shifting and changing. Do you want to make a difference or do you want to die? If you want to make a difference, lift your hand with me. Father, we do not want to die and we will not surrender. We're going to build the walls around us. We're not going to let people distract us. We're not going to be intimidated or afraid. We're going to rise up and say in Jesus' name, no amount of money, no amount of challenge, no issue will intimidate us at all. We are going to believe your word because you've always blessed us, always met our needs. And so I leave with faith, believing, Lord God, that your hand is on the lives of your people. And I declare by faith, I know that in this room right now, there are people, put your hands down, I want to see this. How many of you right now are facing Something that you, when I talked about walls being broken down around you, you see some of that in your life. Raise your hand. Some things need to be rebuilt. Some things are broken. Right now. Lift those hands up one more time. Father, every need that is expressed here, every individual that has a challenge, I pray that that would be broken. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that they would begin to say, I'm going to rebuild the walls around my life. It may be their finances. It may be their marriage. It may be their, their personal self sense of self-worth. It may be their career. I pray that in this series on work, that they would apply it to every area of their life and that they would go out of this door and say, I'm clear. I know how and I know what I'm working towards. And I'm clear now that everybody can't go with me. And so I may need to go alone, but I know you're going to be with me. And I trust you in Jesus name. And everybody say amen. With every head bowed, every hand down. Father, I pray lastly for those who leave this room saying the biggest issue in my life is my walk with you. I've not been walking with Jesus, but I want to be. If you're here today and you want to start a walk with Jesus, you want to get your life on the right track, I want to pray a prayer for you because for some, that's where it all begins. And so, Father, I pray for those today who said, I need Jesus in my life. I need, I need to make a, a recommitment to God or a first-time commitment to God. I've never really served him. I've always kind of, I'm a good person, maybe a religious person, maybe not a religious person, but I know I need to start a walk with God in my life. I'm open to that. And I pray that this would be the beginning of that new walk. I, I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross to give me this opportunity to be free. 
And so I ask you, Lord, to come into my life with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, if you said, Pastor, if that prayer is for me, raise your hand. Say, that's my prayer. I receive Jesus. I need God's grace in my life. Anyone said, Father, touch my life. Anyone at all. Father, I pray for those whose hands are lifted. I see you. I see those. I pray for those whose hearts are lifted. May this be that beginning moment, both here and at home. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.